and Mud Show is on News Radio 610 WIOD. I would say uh, the president's, and we, we, we certainly appreciate um, Senator Graham's thoughts and, of course, those of Mr. Clyburn. Uh, what the president's focus is on is choosing from a wealth of deeply qualified candidates who bring to bear the strongest records, credentials, and abilities that anyone could have for this role. Once 93.5% of potential candidates are eliminated. That's just the, the, the disclaimer to finish the uh, the thought there of Jen Psaki at the Jen Psaki drinking game. Anyway. We'll save that for another time. Joining us to talk about what's doing right here in our state, our former Lieutenant Governor Carlos Lopez Cantera. You may follow him at Lopez Cantera. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing very well, Brian. How about yourself? Likewise. Likewise. And there are a couple things that I got my eyes on in the session in particular this week that I have concerns about. So I want to address a couple of them with you. And, uh, well... Let me start there, actually. My biggest concern is the proposed property tax exemptions for public sector employees. So I teed this up, what was it, a couple days ago, I guess. You have a new proposed amendment that would extend an additional $50,000 homestead exemption for classroom teachers, law enforcement officers, correctional officers, firefighters, child welfare service professionals, active duty military, and the Florida National Guard. First, uh, what are your thoughts here? Well, I think you know your your suspicion is is well founded. It um, it does the way it's written. It could uh, create some unintended consequences. But the good thing about how they're approaching it is this constitutional amendment is not self-executing. It just authorizes the legislature to to um, initiate it by general law. So they'll be able to draw write a law to then create more of the details because it is a little generic in, in the description. The one that caught my attention was classroom teachers. Obviously, the teachers union is going to advocate for public public uh, uh, school teachers, in which they should. But what about charter school teachers? Because they, they're part of the technically the public school system. Would they be uh, eligible for this? So that's that would be a question that I would have as far as uh, classroom teachers. And then, you know, it's very possible some public sector employee that's not listed because uh, it's, it's a position that people maybe aren't thinking about uh, who maybe should be eligible but won't be because of how it's written. So there, I think that it probably needs to be um, worked out a little bit better, but that's the legislative process. You know, the sausage making is what we're, we're watching right now. Yeah, it's uh, some kind of sausage mis- machine associated with it. And I have uh, multiple concerns. But specific to the individuals involved, and you were talking about the different layers of the onion here that come into it, one of the two proposed amendments that actually is going to be on our November ballot brought forward by the state legislature last year is the elimination of the Constitution Revision Commission, which I fully support. And part of the reason is we saw what happened back in 2018 with the bundling of a bunch of amendments to where you had kind of loosely associated concepts that were thrown together in amendments, and then you would have, you know, interest groups pick up on one populist portion of it and, you know, work a marketing campaign off of that to get the whole thing through. I take a look at classroom teachers and try to figure out what they necessarily have in common other than being public sector employees with law enforcement officers 
and correctional officers, and then you have firefighters, but then child welfare service professionals. You have active duty military and the Florida National Guard trying to put all these different groups of professionals into the same camp. That alone, to me, strikes me as odd. What about you? Well, you know, uh, there is a single subject uh, restriction on constitutional amendments that is, is would then have to be uh, opined on by the Supreme Court, whether it complies with it, whether the, the summary is clear and not and unambiguous. Um, but like you said, you know, peeling the, the, the onion, sometimes the legislative process is this may be one of the, the, the downfalls of the 60 day session is you got to get it done in 60 days. And maybe it's not enough time to really think it through and how this will actually be impacted. Um, but the, but by having this not being self-executing, it does give them the ability to come back and revisit it. That being said, I do think this would be helpful for first responders because um, we've all seen that there's, there's sometimes a shortage and the governor's already proposed bonuses to try and attract more of them to Florida. This could be an additional way to market those positions to, to those types of, of public, uh, first responders in the rest of the country. Hey, come to Florida. Not only will we give you a bonus, but we'll also give you an additional property tax break if you buy a home. So it, it has its pros and it clearly has some cons, but, um, the good news is if this gets on the ballot and if 60% of the voters approve it, the legislature will still have to implement it via a law next session. So it probably wouldn't show up on the property tax bills until uh, 2022 uh, at, at the soonest. Understood. And I also realize that with what I'm getting ready to say next, I'm in the minority. For example, in the first committee vote, it was unanimous to, to pass this concept through. But I've gotten myself to the point to where I'm not supportive of any, and I had been previously for for um, first responders and, and for military personnel, uh, homestead exemptions. And the reason is we continue to see the property tax burden be part of the affordability issue for housing in the state of Florida, and there's no end in sight. And I would advocate for the elimination of the property tax model altogether. I personally loathe the property tax model, but... Since we're nowhere close to even having that conversation, letting, let alone that being a rea- reality, my concern is that we're now getting to the point where we're carving out large enough numbers and so many groups of professionals that we are disproportionately putting that tax burden on other homeowners, which will, in effect, tax more people out of their properties. What do you think? That's a, that's a great point. Uh, no one... I was back in the legislature and Marco Rubio was speaker. He proposed eliminating uh, property taxes, at least for homesteaded properties and replacing it with, with sales tax. And it was controversial at the time. Obviously it didn't, it didn't pass. And I agree with you. I think property tax is the most unfair form of, of taxation because for instance, if you lose your job, well, your income tax is going to go down because you have less income. Your sales tax is going to go down because you're spending less, but typically your property taxes will still continue to go up. And that's why I think it's it's a it's an unfair form of taxation, and but because it's in the constitution, because this is enshrined there, it's difficult to undo it and unravel the knot. And you do have a point. Every every additional exemption that is added to the constitution creates an even tighter knot and a more complicated knot to unravel. If there was enough uh, impetus behind unraveling it in the future, appreciate the insight.
All right. We also have another one that is gaining a lot of attention. This one I am supportive of, the new state uh, election integrity bill, the one that's been introduced in the Senate, kind of dropped last minute on Tuesday, I think it was. What do you think? Look, anything that we can do to make our our electoral system safer and uh, something that breeds more confidence amongst the electorate uh, is a good thing. Obviously, the left is always going to criticize what the right is doing, or the Democrats are going to criticize what Republicans are doing, and they're always going to try and create these scare tactics. Uh, But you know what? We do need to continue every year making our election system safer and and more credible. And luckily, Florida, uh, through some unnecessary difficult election cycles we've had before, we've been systematically improving every year. And this is a process that should continue and will continue. And the Democrats are always going to complain because that's what they do. And as we were talking with the Heritage Foundation yesterday, Florida, we've improved from 33rd to 4th in election integrity. However, our score out of 100, still only a 78. There is more work to do. And that's why this makes a lot of sense. And to that end, it's the subject of today's Q&A of the day. What's in Florida's newest election integrity legislation? We're going to get to that next. Uh, former Lieutenant Governor Carlos Lopez Cantera at Lopez Cantera. Always good talking with you. Look forward to uh, next week's conversation. Same here, Brian. Same, same here. Thank you to you and your audience.